You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. I am Rabbi T. Jacobson with NM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking to our learning stuff and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorahgmail.com, and of course, I will answer as many as I can. But very exciting news. We are just so technologically advanced, it is unbelievable. Now, the you could, without pressing so many buttons and searching, if you... Just go onto your computer, letstalktorah.net. The shows are there. The donation page is there. Question page is there. Everything you need. One easy location. You want to sign up with any of the Apple uh, podcasts or anything else, you can get it all on letstalktorah.net. That should make life way, way more simpler for everyone, including myself, by the way. So... We are now in the Passover mode. That means I cannot be munching on a piece of chocolate cake when I walk through my house. I cannot be buying danishes and get comfortable in the living room. Oh, no. Now's the time where all the bread products can be eaten, don't tell, in the car. Because anyways, I'm going to clean the car later. Or outside or away from... I was going to say prying eyes, but that's ridiculous. I can't eat any chametz in the house, except in the kitchen or the dining room, but certainly not to wander around the house because all mothers are getting ready for Passover cleaning. We're talking about mothers. Reminds me of a totally different story. It has nothing to do with anything, not even the Torah portion. just happened today. Um, you know, sometimes you have a child in your class that's having a bad day. It's just having a bad day. And and there's it's a it's a unfortunate home situation, and it's not a secret. But we're not going to get into it over here too much. Um, but a sad family situation. Um, and if he has a bad day, you know, I know he's going to come home all upset. And I was trying to figure out like what could I do to brighten up his day. The psychological things. I asked him to get something from the office. But I'm just thinking, wondering, what could I do to help this poor child? At the same time, because today happens to Rosh Chodesh, it's the first day of the month of Nisan, I said I had to make my calendar, so I have to change over all the cards. As last month was Adar, so we have all kinds of cards uh, about Purim and the story and the laws and and anything that's happening during the month, and I put up my, my cards, and I take them down, and I, I happen to be very, very, the Hebrew word is mesuder. I have everything where it belongs. I don't have extra stuff. I have envelopes with different cards. I have uh, notebooks and folders where I keep all my papers. And in I have one drawer. The English teacher has like three sh- drawers in the filing cabinet. I have one. That's all I need. And in there, I happen to have about five manila envelopes. 
And each one has the different cards for different Jewish months. And I couldn't find the envelope with for last month's cards to put in the old cards. And then I take out the new middle envelope, put up the new cards. I, I don't let things like get lost and I'll do it later. I do it right away. That way I don't lose anything. I have everything exactly where I need it. I couldn't find it. I even opened up the bottom drawer. Maybe it fell underneath. It wasn't there. Anyways, for whatever strange reason, um, my class is 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 doing the prayers, and I, I said, you know, let me just pull out. Maybe it fell out behind my drawers in my desk. I pulled the bottom drawer and the next drawer. The amount of, I don't want to say garbage, the amount of stuff that was piled up back there, papers, some folders, nothing of major importance, but certainly things that got lost in the last year or two. And I'm digging everything out and digging and digging, which is what some people do for their Passover cleaning. And I don't because I usually don't have stuff that gets lost like that. Anyways, I found one of my old puppets. One of my old puppets happened to be a dog. And clearly, he wasn't that important to my repertoire. I I have two puppets that I use a lot. One, it looks like a duck. One, it looks like a monster. has googly eyes and blue fur. Um, and I also have a big frog, you know, Torah portion about the frogs and, and the plague, and it's coming up for Passover. And I had a fourth puppet. I really have a, a two more puppets. One is more like a sock puppet with a squeaky voice, but I, it, it just doesn't work for me. And then I had this dog, and I knew I had the dog, but it, it had so little use. I, I don't have enough voices. It's too hard on my throat. So I, it's easier for me to focus on just a couple puppets. But this one was lost. I'm digging out the drawer, and there it is. There's the puppets, like gray and white, very pretty, very easy to use. So this boy having a hard day and a, you know, a harder life, I just took the puppet and I tossed it at him. Now, I wasn't paying attention. Somehow another boy ran and grabbed it. I, I looked and I said, what are you doing with it? No, no, it fell on the floor. I picked it up. I said, it wasn't for you. I said, give it to that boy. So he has it on him, and, and another boy, of course, like they don't—they know that he has a different life, but they don't know the third graders. Oh, Rebbe, it's my birthday. Can I have a puppet? No. Well, you gave him a puppet. I said it's not his birthday, and I don't get birthday presents. A few of them tried because you know everyone will take freebies, um, but I ignore. And at the end of the day, they really all know. They—they they know that things are different, and nobody cares. And he asked me later, oh, can I keep it? I said, yeah. For how long? I said, how long do you want it for? He said, forever. I said, forever is a very, very long time. He said, can I keep it till the puppet dies? I said, yeah. And he is the happiest boy. It doesn't take much. And the truth is I don't give out prizes often anyways. It's it's not my style. Uh, I was, we had a party last night. Some teachers were there. And we're discussing prizes, and he says, look, this Rebbe is telling me. He says, I'm not like you. They all sit there like perfect angels, and they're happy, and they participate. And he says, I need more prizes. I said, everybody's got to do what works for them. But for me, prizes doesn't work. Again, I'm with third graders, perhaps an older grade. That would not be as successful. I don't know. Anyways, just catching you up on the most recent of what's happening in life. But let's get into this week's Torah portion. But before we do, 
in case you weren't paying attention, I told you we have a new uh, webpage, letstalktorah.net. Everything is there. All the shows are there, the audio, the video. If you need to sign up on your own podcast, you can sign up from there. And my donor page is now there. So for all of you who want and enjoy and like to help the show and help the show grow, so just um, hit those donation buttons. There's all kinds of levels. Put your name in. We'll give you a shout-out. Happy birthday, happy anniversary, a memory, whatever works for you, or anonymous, like people seem to like. You like anonymous. I don't stop people from doing anonymous. But let's uh, get to that page, letstalktorah.net. You put all your donations there, easy to find, easy to fill out. And, of course, in advance, I do thank all of you. Okay, let's get into this week's Torah portion. We are now starting the third book of Moses, we, got, we, we already did Genesis, the creation of the world. We did Exodus, Shemos, the, the creation of the Jewish nation. And now we've built the tabernacle, and now we're going to get a lot of laws. The next book deals with a lot of laws, but interesting enough, many, I don't want to say the vast majority, but, uh, but many of the laws will, will revolve around the Kohanim, the priests. A lot of sacrifices happens to be that unlike certain commands, like the Sabbath, for example, um, there's just the general keeping Sabbath, but very little in detail. When it comes to sacrifices, we have piles and piles of details of how it's done and which sacrifice and when and who's involved and who eats it and what gets burnt and what gets eaten and and what happens if it's delayed? All kinds of stuff. Many, many details. And the, we're going to talk in the next show um, to get more involved into the details of sacrifices. For this show, I really wanted to focus on the first verse. The first verse in this Torah portion is fascinating. God will call to Moses to come into the tabernacle, the Mishkan, the Ohel Moe, the tent of meeting, to talk to him. And all commands that God's going to be explaining and giving the details and the who, what, why, when, and where, all that stuff will be given over to Moses in the tabernacle. And then he'll go from there and talk to the Jewish people. But almost always, the verse will say, God spoke to Moses saying, That's very, very standard, except here. Vayikra. Hashem al-Moshe, may ohel moed lemer, that God called to Moses from the ohel moed, from the tabernacle, saying, this is a very unusual verse. And I think there's a lot of different pieces that we can um, talk about and explain and get a good feeling for what's really going on over here. First of all, you need to know like this. Before the Jewish people sinned by the golden calf, there were, there were going to be sacrifices, but basically only two. There was what's called the Ola sacrifice. That's the sacrifice that's completely burnt. And there is the Shlomim, people call it the peace offering, the Shlomim sacrifice, which is uh, shared. Uh, the owner will eat some, the priest, the Kohen will eat some, the, the, um, the altar... The Mizbech will get some. 
that's those were going to be the only two. They're still important and mainstays, but that was pretty much it. And fascinating, I just saw this, that um, for a person who needed to repent, so the, the repentance process, the tshuva process, um, basically required death. In other words, it wouldn't be, you wouldn't be done with the process till the person dies. Then came the sin of the golden calf, and the rules change. Now there's a new piece that fits into the repentance to the tshuva process, and that is sacrifices, a sin offering, a guilt offering, what we call a chatas, what we call an asham. Those, it seems, only came in to the concept of sacrifices after we sin by the golden calf. Okay, with that piece of information, now we can start uh, talking more about the actual um, the actual tabernacle. So here we go. So this first verse says, "Vayikra Hashem El Moshe," that God called to Moses. This word "Vayikra." is a very beautiful, caring word. It's a word that shows tremendous love that God is calling to Moshe, to Moses, in a very loving way. Vayikra. There's another word, Vayikar. Vayikar is from the word cold. When God talks to the non-Jewish prophet Bilam, God uses the, the language, the phrase Vayikar. That's like, I met you, but no warmth, no caring. Moses was embarrassed. Such a beautiful word, Vayikra, you should use in reference to me. He asked God, he said, don't use the word Vayikra on me. Use the word Vayikar. God says, no way. Vayikar is used on a person that I don't want to talk to. But you I love to talk to. I love to talk to you, Moses. I must use Vayikra. So they came to a, um, a compromise. The compromise was the last letter of Vayikra is an aleph, and instead of writing it full size, the aleph is written very small. So you have the regular size letters, the first four letters of Vayikra in regular size, and the aleph is teeny, because Moses didn't want it, and God said it must be, and I almost wonder, right? You know, Moses gets, that was not his plan, mind you, but he gets more play, more recognition, because this word all of a sudden is missing that little aleph, than if it would have just been left alone, at least in my opinion. Okay, now, with that being said, we need to know the following. Who cares? So God called to Moses to speak to him from the meeting tent, from the tabernacle. Who cares? First of all, God always spoke to Moses there. But in the rest of the Torah, it's either Vayom Hashem HaMoshe, Vaydab Hashem HaMoshe, just that God spoke to Moses. We all know from here, by the way, we all know that's where God spoke to Moses from. So why all of a sudden is it necessary to point out to me that God is speaking to Moses from the tabernacle? We don't make this big deal anywhere else, really. All of a sudden we're making it over here, like who cares? So you have to know like this. Again, some more pieces of information so we can get to the answer. In English, we call it a tabernacle. I'm not even sure what this word tabernacle is supposed to mean, except we call it a tabernacle. But the word mishkan, which literally should mean a dwelling place, and as you have the word shachain, 
and then you put the mem in front, and that makes it into a noun. So it's God's dwelling place. But it happens to be that mishkan also means um, collateral. A mishkan is a mashkin, is what we call collateral, meaning if I would lend you $1,000 if I'm the bank, right? So you need to take a loan to buy your house. So the bank is happy to lend you, especially now that interest rates have gone up, the bank is very happy to lend you money at a high interest rate. And also, in case you can't pay, so what do they have to hold on to? So they take your house, right? There's a lien on the on your house till you pay off the mortgage. There's a lien. In Hebrew, we call that a mashkin. So it's the same word. The mishkon and mashkon or mashkon are the same words, same letters. Because it was hinting to the fact that the first and second temple, and by the way, the uh, the tabernacle, the mishkon and Shiloh, all of them are collaterals. So when the Jewish people are not deserving, so instead of God taking out his wrath on the Jewish people themselves, he will take it out on sticks and stones. I mean, a very important sticks and stones. It's a place where you could feel and experience the presence of God. So we're not just talking any sticks and stones here. But the fact of the matter is that God is giving us the temple, he's giving us a tabernacle, and we'll take it away when we're not deserving as a mashkin. However, it says like this, at the, at the end of the day, right, that this, this concept of collateral is coming is coming after we sinned by the golden calf. So I didn't write the answer that I wanted. That is so interesting, but I'm going to tell you the real answer. So it's like this. We, let's, let's try to put the pieces together. So after the golden calf, if I sin, I can bring a sacrifice because that is my... That, that's how I can get forgiveness. Another way that's been created to get forgiveness is um, is when the temple is taken away, right? We can get punished and we can lose the collateral that we gave God. Now, it happens to be that anything that Moses is going to be heavily involved in can't be destroyed. One of the reasons why Moses couldn't go into the land of Israel is because if Moses would go into the land of Israel then what would happen would be he would immediately build a temple. That temple could never be destroyed because Moses was the one that built it. If Moses is the one who builds it, can't be destroyed. Now the Jewish people are going to have to suffer because God can't destroy that temple. The Mishkan, by the way, was never destroyed. The beams of the Mishkan still exist. There's a verse that says the that those beams are standing. The walls of the tabernacle that Moses built, or at least was involved in the building, those beams are standing. They can never be destroyed. Since they can never be destroyed, so it says King David actually either hid them or they're somewhere under the foundation of the temple because they can't be destroyed. So that's the temple that Moses was involved in. But for the rest of us people, 
the temple has to be something that could be a collateral, right? So let's let's now try to wrap it up and put a little ribbon on it with all this information that is now bouncing around in our head. So God calls to Moses from the Mishkan. He is from this tabernacle, which is hinting to us the concept that the temples will be a collateral. Because now that we've sinned by the golden calf, we now have a new set of sacrifices to use for repentance, to use for tshuva. So the eagle has been, we've done the golden calf, the eagle. Now God forgave us, but there are now new sacrifices we can bring in the Mishkan. But this Mishkan, right, is not going to be destroyed. It's going to be put away. God is going to Moses from the Mishkan, from the tabernacle, but from the collateral. Not this one. This one, Moses, will not be a collateral. But all these new sacrifices that you're going to be bringing, all those new sacrifices that you now bring is all part of the repentance process, which is all part of the temple, which is also a collateral. And all that is now the beginning the 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 opening phrase, shall we say, where we're going to learn about all these sacrifices that are all there to help us repent, become closer to God, and part of the collateral when we're not behaving. So that's that's what's happening with the Mishkan over here with the tabernacle. Okay, that's one piece that we wanted to talk about in this very special verse and this idea of collateral. Now, another point, and I'm not sure how far we'll get, but another point is, why does God have to call Moses? Moses can walk in whenever he wants. Whenever Moses wants, he can just walk into the tabernacle and talk to God. It says Moses is different in that way that every other prophet has to wait for God to come to him. But Moses really can talk to God whenever he wants. So why do I need a verse telling me that God called to Moses, giving Moses permission to come in? Moses can talk to God whenever he wants. So it says like this. It's a very fascinating Talmudic statement. The statement says, any, any um, Torah scholar, any Talmud Chacham that doesn't have intelligence, you can't have mercy on that person and... And, and he's like worse than a carcass. That's what it says. So the problem is like this. We're talking about a, 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 a Torah scholar. He obviously is a very smart person. So why does it say that he has no knowledge? Of course he has knowledge. It says he has no das. What does it mean he, he has no das? So, it's, so the answer that I saw in the, in the, in the um, Zerah Shimshin is, of course, he has a lot of knowledge. But, you know, sometimes you can have knowledge, but you're, you're not thinking. So what about a person who's such a special person, he thinks he deserves stuff because he's such a great Torah scholar. So since he's a great Torah scholar, what if he believes that he deserves things? Things are coming to him, right? That's the person that's like worse than a carcass, because we need to know that we have to pray for everything. Everything we get, right, we still have to pray. It says that we're coming up to Passover, right? So 
one of the verses that we say in the Haggadah is that the Jewish people cried out to God. In other words, with all the suffering we're going through and all the hard slavery and the, the fact that God promised he was going to take us out of Egypt, all that wasn't enough. We were not going to be budging until we prayed to God. Now, as I told my class this week, sometimes God has to help us pray. He has to make life so miserable that we just cry out to him. And he's waiting to help. But we got to pray. And that's what Moses understood. It's not, I don't deserve anything. Nothing is coming to me. I have to pray for it. I have to wait for it. And when God calls to me, then I can take it. But the music is playing. I didn't even get some stories I wanted to. I hope you guys enjoyed it short and sweet. Thank you, of course, to all the wonderful sponsors and listeners. You know I can't do it without you. Thank you to our under-production team in the back. David is there, and he is amazing. I hope I have to send food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NRM Streamcast. Until next time, don't forget to think about it. There's a house.